Hello and welcome to the Horns Up Half Hour, Cedar Hill ISD's podcast about scholars, staff, and community. Our guests will be individuals from the district and the community. This podcast is for anyone interested in expanding their knowledge of all things CHISD. Welcome back to the Horns Up Half Hour podcast. Our next guest is Cedar Hill head softball coach Jennifer Davis. Jennifer graduated from Cedar Hill about, was it about 15 years ago? Oh my gosh, yes. About 15, 16 years ago, yeah. Okay, and now she's back to teach and to coach the softball team. Uh, the team that she was on went to the regional championship. They were the most successful uh, softball team in Cedar Hill history. And she's coming back to Cedar Hill at an interesting time because, of course, we're in the middle of uh, COVID-19 right now. And, you know, obviously the challenges that go along with that. But um, just great to have you here on the podcast, Jennifer. It's great to, to be here. Thanks for having me, Michael. Okay, so tell me about um, how you decided to return to your alma mater, Cedar Hill, to become the softball coach. Well, um, early this year, I was inducted into the uh, Cedar Hill um, Sports Hall of Fame for softball. And around that time is when Melanie Benjamin became the athletic director as well. So um, we've had a few conversations um, for the last few years in regards to me coming back and coaching in, you know, some form, one way or another. And this summer, it just so happened that the previous coach, Jesse, was leaving. And um, she gave me a call and was like, hey, are you interested? I was like, absolutely. Um, so I went through the interviewing process for the business education job. And um, I mean, it, it all happened so fast. I just think that things happen when they're supposed to happen. Um, and it's, it's been about a month and a half that I've been in the role and, you know, scheduling games with other schools and, setting up tournaments. So it, it all came along at the perfect time. And I just have to thank um, Melanie Benjamin for just offering me the opportunity to come back and coach um, at a school that's done so much for me um, recently and in the past. I know we spoke when we did the story um, announcing your hiring, but um, you know, I know from, from talking to you back then a few weeks ago, that you've done so many like amazing things in your career, like within softball, within like the corporate world. So like, where does this rank among those things coming back to um, Cedar Hill to coach your alma mater? You know, it's still so surreal. And um, I, I've had to pinch myself a few times. Um, I've, I've always been in some sort of coaching position but you can't get any better than going back to your alma mater, whether it's high school or college, and giving back to a program that you know gave you so much to um, to start. And when I say start, I mean starting into my college career. And I had a great coaching staff, and I think Coach Heimrich is still there um, coaching. Um, I'm not sure what he coaches, but he's still there. And I had an opportunity to reach out to him and say, hey, coach, I'm back. And he was so excited for me. Um, it, it's just an opportunity to really invest in 
where you came from and what made you who you are today. And, you know, those those practices, those the games, the tournaments, everything has a huge part of where I went as far as my college career and where I am now and how I coach my daughters. So um, it's it's an amazing opportunity, and it's, it's really hard to believe, Michael, believe it or not, that it's actually happening right now. So having coached your uh, kids' teams, uh, are they going to play for Cedar Hill, do you foresee in the future? <laughs> Absolutely. So my oldest is 13. Um, she's in the eighth grade. But next year, she will be a Lady Longhorn and going to Cedar Hill High School. Okay. So that team, I think your senior year, you guys went to the, I know you guys went to the regional finals. Yes. But um, prior to that, did you make the playoffs freshman through junior year? No, we did not. And it was, it was an unfortunate situation. Um. But we never quite made it to um, to that playoff, you know, stint. Um, but senior year, um, we had a strong pitcher. We had a strong catcher. Um, myself, I played shortstop. We had a solid team. And, you know, it wasn't just me. It was my um, teammates, Katie Jones. Um, she went to the University of Texas at Arlington. Um, she was our pitcher, um, Christina Allen. She went to McNeese State. Um, she was a catcher there. I mean, there were uh, quite a few Division One softball players on our, our team that year um, and a few other girls who played junior college softball right after that. So we had a solid team. And um, I don't want it to ever be thought, you know, to have anyone think that it was just me. Um, all the pieces came together that year. And I honestly think that we could have won state if um, we just would have finished that game the way that it needed to be finished. So that senior year kind of made up for the other three years. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, prior to my senior year, um, everyone always played their hardest. You know, everyone did everything possible to go as far as we could. But, you know, we, we just didn't have that um, that last piece, which was um, a, a solid pitching staff that could get us through to the, I guess, further into the playoffs, um, which we did my my senior year. Did any did any of the kids now know about, um, or did they know when you were introduced as coach about what you had been able to do um, when you were in Cedar Hill? You talk about the, the student athletes. The, the current ones, yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, there are at least two of the girls, and actually one of them, she's my niece. Um, oh, wow. She'll be a senior this year. Um, so she's a part of the team, and Amira um, Smith, um, she's going to be a senior. I actually gave her sister hitting lessons when she was in high school, which was probably – about five or six years ago. So I remember seeing um, her running around the fields young. I actually gave her lessons as well. So there, there, some some of the girls knew about me, um, but most of them didn't. It's been, like you said, 16 years since I left. and That's um, longer than some of these kids have been alive. Yeah, yeah. So 
some of them knew about me, but when I introduced myself and let them know that I was an alum and how, um, you know, I take a lot of pride in this program and everything that it did for me and how I will invest in them, like the program invested in me, they were very open and excited and ready to work. I'm telling you, the few days that I had with those girls, um, with strength and conditioning and doing some drills, it was mind blowing. They were hustling. They were diving after balls. They were giving me 110%. And that's all I could ask for um, within my girls on that team is just give it all you got and, and never let anybody question your efforts on that field. And from what I saw and from their track record, um, you know, the last few years, which has been pretty solid, I think that this team could go as far um, as state. So I'm excited. Awesome. So um, like you had talked about earlier, you were in the um, Cedar Hill Athletic Hall of, Hall of Honor now. Of course, that ceremony has yet to take place <laughs> due to yeah. COVID-19, but how big of an honor is that for you to, to be part of that? It's huge, especially with the wall being the first thing you see when you walk into the softball complex. Um, you know, I the, when I found out that the pictures were up um, and my face was on the wall, I, I took my girls over to, to show them through the gate. I didn't have keys yet to the field, <laughs> so I couldn't let them in. But they were able to see, you know, their mom on that wall um, of honor. And, you know, that's what people are going to see when they first walk in. Um, to watch the games, um, whether it's baseball or softball, to know that that I'm a part of such a prestigious group of athletes, student athletes. Um, I know a lot of the people who were inducted prior to me, and they are all very deserving to um, be a part of the Hall of Honor. And to be a part of the group now, it's it's definitely a a wonderful. Feeling so. Okay, so when you first got hired, you had a chance to work out with uh, some of the kids, or to, you know, coach some of these kids, Um, and then the practices kind of got shut down due to COVID nineteen. But now it looks like practices will be able to resume. Yes. Kind of this whole roller coaster ride. What's it been like taking a coaching job in the middle of COVID? Um, you know, I. I can't say what my experience is. I'm just going with the flow right now. Um, I'm, you know, in contact with um, Coach Benjamin pretty much every day. Um, She's being very informative and communicating to all the coaches during this time. I can't compare my situation to, you know, Coach Lynn and, you know, the head basketball coach, and what they've had to adjust because they've been rolling with this for years now and had to halt their programs. I'm coming in brand new, you know, spanking new. Um, and my expectations for my girls are extremely high. You know, don't get me wrong on that field and in the classroom. But, you know, with the COVID-19 situation happening, I'm – I know that you have to be flexible. I know that things are going to change again. Um, And with my season being in the spring, um, I'll be able to have the girls during eighth period at school 
but I don't have to worry about having them after school or before school or anything like that. So I'm just hoping that everything is all, you know, as good as it can get when January comes around and I can start really diving into my practices and preparing my girls for the upcoming season. Okay, but like as far as when practices, you know, were canceled, what what were you able to do? Were you able to communicate with your players and still talk? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have um, a group chat that I've been able to relay messages um, from Coach Benjamin down, just letting them know. Um, I try not to go, you know, weeks. Eh, I guess it's been about three or four weeks um, since I've been in the role but I've found something to communicate with them every week, you know, like, Hey, this is happening. Um, here's what the virtual schedules will look like versus what they were in the spring. Um, you know, just keeping them, um, in the loop because communication is key, you know, you know, with adults and especially with your students, you have to be able to let them know what's going on so that they can feel some sort of, um, relief and not have all this anxiety, not knowing what's going on. So if it's something that I can share, um, especially softball wise, I'm going to share it and let them know that, Hey, here's the next steps. Just, you know, communicate it to your parents, you know, digest it however you need to, but we're going to keep you guys in the loop. So as, as you said, softball of course is in the spring. So that helps you guys as opposed to some of these, fall sports where they have to go back, you know, try to go back and play right away. But how important is kind of like the fall and the summer and the winter and the winter for preparing for uh, softball? Um, it's very important. Um, all off seasons are, are important to every sport. Um, you don't just jump into a sport, you know, and just try to go full steam ahead. You have to prepare for it. You have to get in reps. You have to, do conditioning, um, all of that prepares the, the students and athletes for their upcoming season. So I'm, I'm putting together a very, um, you know, strong plan in order to get my girls stronger. Um, there are other girls who play other sports like volleyball. I'm not quite sure about basketball, if I have any basketball players on my team, but about 80, 85% of them are focused on softball. So I'll have a majority of my girls during the off season putting in the work that they need in order to prepare for the spring. Okay. So um, what about as far as like when you were playing, did you play uh, club softball in the off season? I did. So um, I played summers. I played softball year round. Um, maybe had two weeks off in December, maybe. Um, but it, it was just something that I absolutely love to do. And, um, you know, whether it was, you know, me in the backyard throwing softballs against my parents' fence, which had several holes in it, because <laughs> I broke several of the plates, um, trying to be a pitcher, um, or throwing tennis balls, getting footwork in. Um, I played summer ball for Texas Elite. And traveled all over the U.S. Um, but it's it's very important. But then again, um, that's not in everyone's um, you know wheelhouse. 
it's it's in a very expensive sport to play in in the summertime, um, especially traveling um, all the time. For example, my my daughter plays for a national team, and we go to Houston six times this fall. Oh wow! Back, back to back to back, and then finally end in Alabama um, the week before Thanksgiving because of the competition that she has to play, and it's very expensive. So it, it doesn't matter if you're on one of those teams. If you're dedicated, if you're going to the cages, if you're going, um, you know, working on your own, getting stronger, getting your reps in, you can play on any team that you put your mind to, as long as you're putting in the work and giving the effort behind um, the sport. And I, I believe that's in any sport, not just softball. Um, you just have to be dedicated to it. But there's also a lot of teams in the in the Metroplex that play locally. They play in Plano. They play in McKinney. They play in Fort Worth. Um, they play in Rowlett. There's tons of teams out here. Um, it's just a matter of picking what's right for you. Um, but you can definitely play local travel ball and not have to leave the, the DFW in order to do so. So I will definitely encourage it, um, especially if they're wanting to play at the next level, whether it's junior college softball, it doesn't matter. If they want to play, they're going to have to be on a team and have to put in the extra work and have to um, get in the reps just to get better and to compete. That's what it is. It's about competing with your teammates. It's about competing with your um, opponents. You just have to be willing to do so. Okay, so speaking of playing at the next level, you earned a scholarship to University of Texas, um, El Paso, so um, quite a ways from here in the oh, Metroplex and that uh, long drive. I know this, this past weekend I was out in West Texas. I know that's, that's quite a long and often uh, uneventful drive, but um, going to school out there, what, what was that like going to school there and being part of the team? I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, El Paso is definitely unlike any other city in Texas. You can't compare it to anything. Um, the culture, the the scenic, the scenery, um, being a you know a rock's throw from Juarez. <laughs> um, it was it was a great experience. People were so nice. Um, the food was amazing. Um, my coaches were actually a husband and wife duo. Um, so, you know, whenever we didn't have practice or, you know, we weren't traveling, we were there with them, with their kids. And it was a family away from my family. And to this day, um, she was the first person, well, the second person after my mom that I called, um, and let her know that I had the position um, as a head coach at Cedar Hill High School. And she just was so ecstatic and just so excited for me. Um, you know, the first thing she said is, well, we need to get a camp together so that uh, myself and Papa Coach, which is they were mom and Papa Coach, <laughs> be put together so that we can get your girls, you know, ready for the season. She's just so supportive. Um, and that's what my experience was at El Paso. Um, they were two people that I could talk to about anything. Um, you know, my mom went there on my recruiting trip and 
it was it happened so fast, kind of like this, you know, this opportunity. Um, I played in a tournament in Beaumont. Um, the coaches saw me, called me that Monday. I was on a flight that Friday to El Paso, and I had signed a letter of intent that Sunday to go to the University of Texas at El Paso. And my mom was sitting there supporting me the whole time, knowing that her daughter, her youngest daughter of five, was about to be 10 hours away from her. But that's the feeling that she got from the coaching staff, is that I was going to be in the greatest um, hands possible away from home. So I... I can't say that everybody's experience is like that when they go away from home, but I I love El Paso. I love my coaches. I I enjoyed my time at school um, and my time on that field. It's it's an experience that I want my daughters to to have, and I also want the girls who are you know on my team and they actually want to play at that next level. That's what I'm going to support. That's what I'm going to push for um, and getting them that experience. Okay, so I know we talked a little bit before the podcast. Of course, University of Texas El Paso, prior to being called UTEP, was uh, Texas Western University, and they made history in 1966, the um, Texas Western men's basketball team. They were the first team of five starters who were all African-American to win the uh, NCAA basketball championship, and I know you said that um, you know many people still talk about that accomplishment in, in El Paso to this day, and, and we'll talk about it for um, you know for many years to come. So, what was it like, kind of following in the in the footsteps of um, you know such a, a great group of um, student athletes? Well, they actually um, back in two thousand four, they were filming that movie my first semester um, at college. So I actually got to see the filming of Glory Road while, um, while I was there. And to, to actually witness it and to hear about it and to see it in the um, basketball arena and see the, the posters and um, everything hanging from the weight room, it's everywhere in El Paso. And it, it's definitely something to be proud of. It's, um, <laughs> we, I've, I've always played softball and, you know, let's be very um, honest here. There's not a lot of minorities who um, play the sport, and especially when I was growing up, but it's definitely changed um, now. There's, there's people of all ethnic, ethnicities playing softball and playing it at a very high level. Um, my team was very diverse at the University of Texas at El Paso. And, you know, those girls are still some of the closest people in my life. And I talk to them very often. And it, it was an honor to, to play with such a diverse group of girls and be a part of such a um, great accomplishment with the University of Texas at El Paso. And that's, you know, when you go anywhere and someone asks you, you know, hey, where'd you go to school? 
and you let them know that you went to the to UTEP, that's the first thing they mention is, oh, okay, there was a movie about that school, right? And, you know, you go into details and um, about the accomplishments and about being a part of such a great, you know, environment and a town that's still to this day so proud of those group of um, basketball players and the players who supported the decision that Don Haskins made. Um, I had a chance to meet Don Haskins um, before he passed away. And it was an honor to meet him knowing that he um, stood up for something that was so um, against everything that everyone else was doing and making a change and showing that um, things can be done differently and it could be okay. So you're gonna be teaching business classes at uh, Cedar Hill High School so uh, tell me about that and about some of your business experience that, that you've had. Yeah, so I will be teaching a business information management one class. Um, it is a intro class um, to different um, or other business classes um, that they offer in the career technology um, department. And the, the exciting thing about this is that it's definitely the, the baseline and a great way to start a solid um, foundation for these kids to learn how to successfully um, maneuver in the business world and in corporate America. Um, it's, it's, I want to say it's basic, but it may not be basic to some of the, the students that come in. Learning how to make a resume, learning how to maneuver through Excel, learning how to do a presentation um, at a level that um, you can put in a portfolio to to show a potential employer. Um, you know, putting together projects that you know allow them to be you know as innovative as they want um, to to show that they are able to um, do marketing and put together a business plan is something that I think is extremely amazing, especially at Cedar Hill High School. I didn't have that opportunity. Um, when I was in high school. Um, I think I had a home ec class. I think we carried around a plastic baby um, for about three days. <laughs> and I mean, that was about the extent of our you know, career technology. Um, but I think it's amazing what they're doing there and the programs that they have um, specializing in different business avenues. And what makes me extremely excited is that I've had the opportunity to be a part of corporate America for the last eight years as a marketing manager. Um, I've had to do the business plans. I've had to do the, the creative strategies and the marketing strategies and work with different departments in order to, um, you know, implement and put together a successful business plan through, you know, each quarter of the year. So I'll be able to speak from, you know, not only um, a teacher level, but also an experience level. Um, and, you know, I think that that will allow the students and the scholars to feel a little bit comfortable with my teachings. Um, you know, God bless all of the teachers uh, all around the world uh, because, before I was actually in this role, 
I, you know, praise them, you know, at the highest level because it takes a very, very gifted person to sit down and teach students of all um, grade levels and prepare them for their adult life. So now being a part of that exclusive group, I'm excited to, um, you know, spill my knowledge and um, help guide these these young scholars into um, the right start on their business path and hopefully put together something at the end of the year that they can take, you know, into their next business class. And, you know, eventually whether they want to be entrepreneurs um, after college or, you know, dive right into, you know, business management, they will be fully prepared after leaving um, Cedar Hill High School. And then you talked about your plans for Cedar Hill softball. I know that um, I think when we did that interview initially, when you were first hired um, for the story, you said something about you're going to run it like a college level program. So what are some of your plans for Cedar Hill softball and kind of where do you see the program in like five years? Um, absolutely. I'm definitely going to um, conduct practices um at a level where these girls are um, not only learning and, um, you know, digesting everything that I'm trying to um, teach and guide them to do, but it's going to be at a level that will prepare them to step on their next field on whatever college level that they want to play at. I that's all that I know. And that's how I played while I was in high school. So um, my plans are to be as, you know, direct as possible, but also as loving and understanding as possible. Because it can't, it can't be a military boot camp. <laughs> it won't be fun. Um, but I think the last, the two days that I had with the girls, they were working hard. They were taking directions. They were doing drills, they were getting their conditioning in, and they had a smile on their face. And if, if that's the way that, you know, I, I think I got lucky with these girls, to be honest, Michael, because they're all so passionate about softball, which is the way that it should be. And uh, the, next, the next step is just having them consistently and um, building a foundation and a program that they're, they're able to get on that field and the first 30 minutes they don't even need me to tell them what to do because they know what they need to do in order to start practice and get going within practice so that's how I'm going to guide them um, to begin with and as far as the next five years um, I'm excited because I, I feel that this first year is going to be amazing um, you know, I have quite a few younger girls that I know that I haven't met, sophomores and juniors that I haven't met, um, you know, but I'm also going to have um, a very unique situation next year with my daughter being a part of the team and knowing how hard um, that she's worked and hopefully having her step on that field as I did as a freshman and, you know, lead a team, um, to be hard workers and to not accept anything less than 100% effort on that field. So um, the next five years, 
hopefully the girls will be excited to be a part of the program and, you know, actually have a continuing winning program and everyone working hard and just having fun. And at the end of the day, it's a game, um, whether it's, you know, a JV game, a varsity game, or a college game, it's still a game. And you have to have fun while doing it, or it's going to be a rough time. So having those tough conversations and, you know, just wanting the best for all of the, the scholar athletes out there um, while they're on my field and a part of my program and just running it like I know best, which is at a level, getting them prepared for college. Okay, well, thank you for coming on the podcast today, Jennifer. Absolutely. It was fun. Yeah, we look forward to having you on the podcast again in the future. So, yeah, our next guest will be um, Cedar Hill Mayor Stephen Mason. So we look forward to having uh, Mayor Mason on the podcast. So, once again, this is uh, Michael Sudhalter with uh, Coach Jennifer Davis. Great. Thanks, Michael. Thank you.